Amen. Let's go to Micah chapter two. Uh, and this is our theme verse for the year. And uh, God's speaking to me this week. And I believe he wants to get somebody healed today. Amen. And so this is going to have a slight healing tint to it, but it will be applicable to everybody, wherever you are and whatever you need from the Lord. But I'm going to teach you something that I've been meditating on that I think is going to be very, very fruitful. So over in Micah chapter two, we see this year's theme and the Bible says it so well as God is talking about restoring Israel. The Bible says, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel, the part, the, the, the called out ones. All right. This select group that would do it my way. And I will put them together like sheep of the fold, which is symbolic of God saying, I will take care of them. You know, sheep have to be taken care of. I'll put them together like sheep of the fold, like the flock in the midst of their pasture. They will make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open, the one who breaks open will come up before them. Our Lord, our Savior, our God, you could say, that breaks open will come up before them. Keep that in mind. That's very important. And as a result of the one who breaks open coming up and going before them, they will break out. So the one that breaks out, the one that gets it done, the one that breaks open will come up before them. And as a result of him coming up and going up before them, you, I, we are the they, they will break out and will pass through the boundaries. We'll pass through the things that have been holding us out back. We'll pass through the gate and we'll go out by it, by the way that has been made. And the king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. They will break out. For your consideration this morning, we're still talking about they will break out. We're talking about breaking out into healing to a degree because God wants to get somebody healed today. How many of you believe that? Amen. Amen. I, I'm saying I decree that when you leave this service, you're receiving your healing 100 percent. Amen. Amen. I believe that's who God's after. But in the vein of what the message is called today, they will break out. Amen. The Bible says it in Zechariah four and six it says, then he answered and spake unto me, saying, and here's your message. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, not by might, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I want to talk today from that theme as we preach this year's theme, breaking out, year of validation, vindication, all of those things we now know in the kingdom. They will break out. But today I want to talk about not by might, parentheses, not by human strength, not by might, not by might. The Bible says not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Now, this is very important because in our theme scripture in Micah chapter two, verses 12 through 13, the Bible talks about gates. And you learned a couple of weeks ago that this word gate comes from a Hebrew word, shayar, all right, shayar, which which means an opening or a door. But it also means to act as a gatekeeper. 
to estimate or to think. Yes, please keep that definition up there. To estimate or to think. And oftentimes we spend a lot of time helping people to come up in their confidence in themselves. You hear a lot of all but popular psychology messages on you need to love yourself. You need to uh, embrace yourself. You need to uh, understand who you really are. You need to not feel deficit of yourself. And, and, and that's not right. That's not rather wrong, excuse me. That's not inaccurate. But it's not really the thrust of today's message. You do need to understand Numbers 13 and 33 where Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers. Y'all remember that? All right, so they were self-deficit. They looked at themselves a certain kind of way. I'm not enough. Anybody ever been there where they felt like that? So that's not wrong. You need those lessons. In fact, when I taught on the gates earlier, I talked about that. I talked about how important it is for you to know who you are. Amen. And know how much God loves you and all those kinds of things. And that is a crucial catch. But a lot of time is spent on that. And what God has shown me recently is, is when people have not broken through yet, oftentimes that is not the problem. When people have not received their healing, when people have not received their breakthrough of any type, it is not always that they don't necessarily know who they are or that they think deficit of themselves. I'm getting ready to spin this in a direction you might have thought about. Sometimes, sometimes, amen, we create gates by how we limit ourselves in thinking that we're enough. That's a huge gate. The gate of your background. The, the, the gate of your academic pedigree. You know, after all, you matriculated through Duke and Harvard. And you got alphabet soup behind your name. So, hey amen, that makes you more than enough. After all, you have tons of money in the bank. So that makes you more than enough to get your own life done. You have the resources, you have the smarts, you have the know-how, and the gate of human ability, the gate of human strength, in my humble opinion, is one of the strongest reasons why many Christians have not received their victory yet. Because they are so self-dependent instead of being God-dependent. Can I teach this this morning? The biggest gate in your life is you. And it's not always because you have a low self-efficacy issue, low self-esteem issue, all those kinds of things that, again, come through pop psychology. It's not because of that all the time. Sometimes it's because you have a greater estimate, estimation, amen, greater gate shire estimation or to think a greater estimation of you and your ability. And y'all, that's a gate. That's again, I believe it's Romans 12 and 3, if my memory serves me right, where the Bible teaches us that a man ought not think more highly of himself than he ought. Is that true? For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to do what? Think himself more highly than he ought to think. Amen. Which really does mean there is a such thing as me giving myself too much credit. And this is so good. There's a such thing as me giving myself too much credit for where my life has ended up. 
for the things that have come through in my life, for the people that the Lord has allowed me to meet in my life. Y'all, you know how much rearranging it takes for you to bump in all the right people at all the right times in your life? Do you know that you living in Charlotte, North Carolina or Waxhaw or Davidson, wherever you're from, is so significant? Do you know that God knew what he was doing when he even allowed for that to happen? And then he knew that that job was going to be just the right job and that supervisor was going to be the right supervisor. And oh, yeah, by the way, that church was going to be planted within miles of where you live. Do you understand how strategic God is? All right. And we take a lot of credit, which also means we take a lot of burden and responsibility and we carry things. This is so good that we ought not carry. The Bible said, take no care for your life. And then you get in stress and you get in anxiety because in reality, you are estimating or thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. When in fact, today's message is not by might. So where is this whole concept of might and what is the backdrop of that? What does that mean, Pastor? You've done the study. What is this all about? Help us with this. If it's not about me bringing it to pass, if it's not about human ability, what is this whole concept of might? Well, it comes from a Hebrew word, shahil. So when the Bible says not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, that word might literally means by strength or by human force. Isn't that good? And how many people under the sound of my voice besides Pastor Rogers have ever gotten in stress or in trouble because you started depending on you more than you did God? How many people in here besides Pastor Rogers have started to worrying about something or going through your mind ruminating over something because you got so in how to fix it, so in how to do it, so in how to work it out, and you left the plan of God, you left God's ability, you left who God is. You left the personality and character of God. You left the love of God. With loving kindness have I drawn you. You left all of that and you started carrying your own life. And before you know it, it still didn't work out. If that ever happened, raise your hand and be honest. You still didn't get the results you wanted. All it did is stress you out. All it did is aggravate you. Because what you did is you failed the test of total trust and reliance on God. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. Break that word down. Amen. The greatest gate in my life is to estimate or to think of my strength as being the strength that's going to get it done. That's a gate. Man, God tells you Moses get three million people out of Israel. Y'all know this man didn't even have a sound system. There was no xylophone loud enough to talk to three million people at one time. Y'all, do y'all know how many, three, three million people? Y'all, I said three. Amen. Panther Stadium, what is that, 50,000? Can you put that in context? I said Panther Stadium is one of the smaller NFL stadiums, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it's 50, 60,000. Can we say three million people? Do you know how, uh, how could I say this, how unhuman that feat was? How much sense that did not make? Not only you want me to lead three million people out, you want me to lead them, Exodus 14, through some water. 
And then you want me to lead him through some water with a pharaoh that's acting like he got up on the wrong side of the bed. God, how are we going to do this? Are you all in here? Everybody that God ever called, they had to get the revelation that I'm teaching you today. At a certain point, they had to get out of their own strength and they had to get into God's strength. You read Jeremiah chapter one. Amen. Jeremiah chapter one, verse number six. Brother Jeremiah had the same problem. Soon as God called him to be a prophet, as soon as God told him to do something, the first thing Jeremiah did is what a lot of us in this room did. First thing he said was, oh, Lord God, you got the wrong one. I can't speak. <laughs> You're looking for Herbamiah, not Jeremiah. I'm, I'm the wrong guy. Now, God created all these guys, but all of a sudden he knows your hairs have been literally numbered, but he didn't know he was talking to you. Oh, Lord, I can't speak because I'm a youth. I'm deficit. What is he saying? I'm not enough. But what's today's revelation? It ain't about you being. You will never be. And it's quite arrogant for you to think that at any point in your life, you was enough. You're not enough now. You won't be enough tomorrow. You will not be enough next year. You will never arrive to where you are enough. Are you all listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? You don't have enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough background. You don't have enough degrees. You don't have enough height. You're too light. You're too dark. You're too anything that the world says as a standard. But you're not being enough is what makes God more than enough. Now you getting the point? He is Jireh more than enough. Is anybody in here? Amen. So getting there is better than you always trying to elevate your self-esteem. Get into the place to where you say, amen, it's not about my esteem. Use first lady's word, God esteem. It's in him I live. It's in him I move. It's in him I have my being. Man, 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 man. Boy, if anybody ever looks at a pastor and says, I want to be like that when I grow up, make sure you heard God. Are you listening to me? Yeah, make sure you know that God is talking. Because, see, doing, doing this work, amen. This is not for the, the, the weak at heart, baby. Amen. And if you're going to do this work, man, you got to have some God dependency. Are you all listening to me? you got to have some solidness on the fact that you will never, you will never be enough. Not by might, not by might, not by Human strength, not by might nor by power, but by my what? Spirit. And you read Jeremiah 1 and I think verse 9 is somewhere he started saying stuff like, listen, don't start talking about how you're a youth because the truth is, amen, verse 9, I put my word in your mouth. Did you all hear what I just said? The Lord put forth his hand on me, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, look, look, don't get all trapped in who you are. Get trapped in the fact that you are in my ability. I put whose word? My word in your mouth. So I was studying this and I thought it'd be good, <clears throat> amen, to revisit some things relative to God's ability. Because today, more Christians are limiting the power of God by thinking they're more than enough. Can I say that? More Christians, I want to say it a better way, are limiting the power of God by thinking that they are enough. Amen. This is not a bad confession. This is accurate. I want you to say it out loud. In and of myself, in and of myself based, on who I am, based on who I am, 
Based on my background. Based on who I am today. Based on who I will be tomorrow. In and of myself. I am not enough. Now that's liberating. Because see, now you're not carrying it anymore. Good God, that's good. That's liberating because now you're not on the hook. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? Man, if somebody walks down this aisle blind today, you know what I'm going to do? They're going to start seeing. You know why they're going to start seeing? Because God heals. Don't get the two G's mixed up. Not Gabe. God. God is the God's the healer. So, Pat, oh, what would you do if they came down in a wheelchair, sir? What, oh, what's he going to do now? I'm going to lay hands on them, and in the name of Jesus, I'm going to command them to get out of that wheelchair. Now, there are a thousand variables into whether or not they will get out of that wheelchair, but I will not leave that moment embarrassed if they don't get out of the wheelchair. I mean, my God, what about the verse that says, be it unto you according to? Where's their faith in this? Are you all still here? Man, there have been people who came to this church whose eyes got opened up and the next Sunday did not come back. Don't get it twisted, y'all. People are mixed up in all kinds of different ways. Don't you judge your faith off of whether or not a person sustains or maintains their breakthrough. The power of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what are you going to do when you face something? You're going to put the power of God on the line and nothing more. Are you all here today? Because it's not according to your ability. And many of you are trying to get stuff done in your life, and you're so old. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is anointed today. You're, you're so frustrated. You're so bogged down. You're so concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after because you are wrapped up, tied up in your ability. I want you to know how big, how huge God is, how strategic God is, how God is so ahead of you in anything you could ever be reasoning out in your life, how God is so already done whatever you're going to do. Can I just say it in plain English? God is at the end of your life as much as he is at the forefront of your life today. That's how big God is. I don't mean to be morbid, but y'all, you are living and breathing right now. Should the Lord delay us coming, there will be a rapture. Do you understand that God himself literally is at your funeral? He declares the end from the beginning. He's already there. He, he's already where you get off the ship. <laughs> he already knows every way, Job, that you will take. Are y'all listening to me? And we as believers, those of us who are in the will of God, those who are following the plan of God, we need to get liberated in that. That is not something that should put us in chains of bondage. That is something that should make us do 1 Peter 5 and 7. We should roll the care of our life over to his ability. Can I teach this through Brother Peter today? Come on, let's go to First uh, Peter. Are you all enjoying this? Come on, let's go to First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 11. Because I reckon, man, this is what God wants me to use to bring this point home. Amen. Somebody shout, God's in the details of my life. Come on, say it again. God's in the details of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't heal yourself anyway, so you need God to be in the details. You need God to be in the details of that. God is the healer. The power of God heals. 
You just need to release your faith and receive what God has already done. But God is in the details of your life. Is he not? Is he not? Over first Peter chapter 11, the Bible says it. Well, amen. First Peter chapter four, excuse me. Verse number 11 says, if any man speak, let him speak as the what? Oracles of God. You know, if any man speak, let him harp on what God is saying. Let him speak as of the what? The oracles of God. Let him focus more on what God is dealing with versus what his program is. You know, I tell MITs in training, when you get up to preach the gospel, if you have four points you wanted to get to in that message, amen, make sure that you don't push your points beyond, amen, God's will and plan for that message. If God only wants the first point to come out because that's what he's working on and he's trying to get somebody healed, you stay right there and don't move that point. Is that right? Because you're speaking as of the what? Oracles of God. You're saying what God is saying in the moment. You're dealing with what God has said. If a man minister, but this is the point, if a man minister, let him what? Do it as of the what? Good God Almighty. Let him do it as of what? The ability which God gives. Let him do it with the ability with God, which God gives. And I want to look at it in the <coughs> Amplified Bible. It says in 1 Peter chapter uh, 4, verse number 11, it says, whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters oracles of God. But whoever renders service, let him do it as with the strength, I love this phrase, which God furnishes abundantly. Did y'all see that? Let him do it with the strength with which God furnishes. Y'all know what that word furnish means? To supply. God furnishes, but how does God furnish his strength? Abundantly. God always gives me more than enough strength to navigate whatever I'm dealing with in my life. He furnishes it abundantly in my life so that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever to endless ages. Amen. So be it. Now, this is so important because there is a strength by which God furnishes it. But in verse number 10, you see a greater definition of what that strength looks for. Amplified same Bible as each of you have received a gift a particular spiritual talent or gracious what? Divine what? Endowment. Employ it as for one another as befits good trustees. And this is where I want to get. Good trustees of God's many sided grace. Do y'all see that? Faithful stewards of the extremely, this is so good, diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by grace, by unmerited favor. Diverse, manifold, you keep seeing that word, multiple, different types, uh, more than enough, abundant, diverse, manifold graces that God has put us on us all. What does that mean, Pastor Rogers? There is a grace for every space in your life. There is a power for every moment in your life. Those of you who are young moms, amen, and this is your first time figuring out how to do this, how to do that. There is a manifold grace. There is a part of grace that God has put in place for you to navigate that window of your life. Are you all still here? Those of you who are just married, there's a grace for that. Those of you who are employed or unemployed, there's a grace for that. It's called, I never seen the righteous forsaken. 
nor seed do what? Beg for bread. Y'all, all that is is God's ability, God's grace, God getting involved in a situation that you yourself can't change. But his manifold ability, his manifold grace gets it done. Now for this business of healing and now for this business of really, really understanding who's getting it done on any given day. Let's take Brother Peter's wisdom of let it be done according to whose ability? You got to get that point. According to whose ability? Let's take that and let's go to a classic passage that I was reading this week. And I'm not so sure everybody's gotten a revelation or all the meat out of this yet. Go to Acts chapter three. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter three. And do you all remember the lame man who sat at the temple gate? The temple called beautiful had a gate and he sat there. I said, do you remember that? Amen. And I want you to see over in Acts chapter 3, and we'll look in the verse number 12 of Acts chapter 3, and we're going to have some fun with this. Are you all getting anything out of this? Amen. This is so good. Acts chapter 3, I'm not going to hold you long, and verse number uh, 12. Now, look at verse number 11 just to build up to it. The Bible says, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which was called Solomon's. Greatly what class? Amazed. Can we pause right there? When you get in the manifold graces of God, the diverse graces of God, the manifold powers of God in your life. Amen. People are going to be amazed, but you will, too. Are y'all in here? Amen. You're going to be saying, did I do that? God, did you just use me to get that done? You mean to tell me that got done through me? Well, when this young man started walking and bouncing around, number one, he's holding on to the sources of his miracle as he sees it. Peter and John, somebody say amen. And the people run together and they're greatly amazed at what they see. But look at this. And this is where I got stuck. And maybe you all get stuck there with me because this is a good place to get stuck. Verse number 12. Everybody say relief. Relief. So when Peter saw it. He responded to the people. Look at what the man of God said to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? First understanding of what happens when you get in the grace of God. Marvelous things begin to happen. Astounding things begin to happen that make people take a second look. That make people say, whoa, what is that? Who is that? How did you get it? How did you do it? And that's what we want to happen, because as they would say in the faith camp, that is the dinner bell to the world. How many of y'all know we ought to be winning so many battles in our life that the world says, my God, whatever you are doing, introduce me to this Jesus. I want to be just like him, because if he's winning in your life like that, he can win in my life, too. Somebody shout hallelujah to that. So that's the first parenthetical point before we ever go any further. You ought to be such a performer in life. You ought to be such a vindicated, validated, breakout performer that people look at you and say, what is your secret sauce? Who are you after all? How did you? How do you? How do you do it? Because these folk were marveling at this move of God. But this is where I get stuck in such a good way. And this is where I want to hang my hat in today's message. The Bible says, why do you marvel at this or why so intently do you look at? Are we getting this, mom? Why are you so intentional at looking at? at a human. 
Somebody say, wow. As for the reason why this supernatural thing <laughs> has occurred. Why, Peter said, are you looking so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man? Y'all ain't getting this. You're going to get this in a second. I say y'all not getting this, but you're going to get this in a second. Let me see if I can paint a picture in a way that would make you understand what I just got through saying. Now, uh, if I said to Brother Joe, Brother Joe, uh, stand up and walk. You don't have to, Joe. But because he is uh, honorable, amen, and he would assume that pastor needs me to get something or maybe he's trying to do a sermon illustration, you know what he would do? He would, he would get up and walk. All right. Now, let's just say for a second, amen, that I think that I want Brother Joe to get up and walk. Amen. And I don't say anything, but I still want him to get up and walk. What is his reaction to me thinking that? What, what, what is he doing? He's sitting down. Right. Because, in fact, he doesn't know I want him to walk. He, he's not incited to walk because I hadn't said anything to him about what? Walking. Okay, now break that down, Pastor. Your own power is as good as you trying to get something done internally. That's how powerful you are in and of yourself. Your own power is as good as you trying to get something done in here without anybody else knowing you want it done. <laughs> Am I doing okay this morning? I said, that's how good your, I didn't say the power of God in you. I said, that's how good your own, your own, your own power. We have this power in earthen vessels. Greater is, greater is, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This jacket has life in it as long as it's on. As soon as that jacket is off, it has no ability to move. No, leave it right there, please. It can't do a thing. That jacket is futile, can't get nothing done, can't keep anybody warm, can't be stylish, has no functionality until the greater one, y'all going to get this, the greater one comes and does what? The greater one comes, amen, fix this jacket up, the greater one comes and gets back inside of it, and once he gets in it, now the jacket can do stuff that it wasn't doing before. The jacket couldn't perform that before, but now the jacket is moving. The jacket is getting something done. <laughs> now, I have any help in here? You're the jacket. And if you're the jacket, why are you so worried about when you're going to get put back on again? You're the jacket. That's all you are. You're the one. You're the one that makes God look good in front of other people. But hallelujah, He's the one that gets it done through you to other people. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. Oh, hallelujah. So take the load off. Give Him great praise. Come on, shout about it, Father. If it don't get done, it's not gonna be on me. From now on, sir, it's on you. Is this good this morning? He said it so well. He said, why are you looking so intently at us? So how, you, how do you receive your healing? Stop looking so intently 
Hey, you Now, keep eating your spinach and your blueberries and your antioxidants. That's good, man. Just run your three miles a day, for goodness sake. Take good care of yourself. Amen. But there are people who took great care of themselves and still died of pancreatic cancer. Amen. So at a certain point, amen, you got to realize that the surgeon's not the healer. You're not the healer. Nobody around you is the healer. God is the healer. And you stop carrying it because he already carried it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Matthew 8, 17, surely he bore our griefs and our sorrows. Somebody tap next to you, tell him, no, he already carried. He bore it. Pastor, why you have so much joy? Why are you so carefree in life? Because he's carrying it. He's the one carrying it. Hallelujah. It's not my vision. It's his vision because it's his church. Upon this rock I'll build. I'll work here. I'm, I'm the jacket. He built his church. Upon the rock, he built his church. And the gates of hell. He's what progresses the church. Hallelujah. Oh, don't forget our victories. That's why we got debt free in 2023. Because I just said what he said. I didn't say what I said. I said what he said. Ooh, were you nervous as the end of your approach? No. No. Are you nervous if you ever pray for somebody and they don't give it up? Well, first of all, I don't think about them not getting up. Because the Bible told me that I would lay hands on the sick and I got a promise and they shall. If you don't recover right now, don't worry, baby. Once I lay my hands on you, you will. <laughs> amen. You shall recover. Somebody say amen. So I don't get nervous about that stuff. I don't get nervous about bills. I don't get nervous about anything. None of that stuff bothers me. I'm like, Paul, amen, none of this moves me ever. It doesn't. I'm not putting on a facade. This is not mental ascent. This is a revelation that we are no longer in our ability. We are in God's ability. And once we get in God's ability, the manifold graces, the manifold, amen, presence and power of God begins to be revealed unto us and we get so much more done in life and we have so many great victories. If you're ready for that, somebody shout hallelujah in the house of God. Is this okay this morning? Are you all still with me? So what is this concept then, Pastor Rogers? What do you mean when you start talking about getting out of human ability? Peter made it clear. He said, why are y'all looking so intently at us? Why are you so boxed up with who we are? If you look at Acts chapter 3 and verse number 16, it really breaks it down. And let's look at it in the NLT for the babes in the Lord. I want them to understand it. Over in Acts chapter 3, verse 16, are you getting anything out of this? Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was... Why are you looking so intently at us? Because really, it's through faith in the name of Jesus that this man was healed. And I love this phrase. And you know how crippled he was before. Woo, Jesus. Some of us need to start saying stuff like, you know who I used to be. If it wasn't for the name of Jesus, if it wasn't for salvation, man, you know how I used to act. You know how I used to drink. You know how I used to sex. You know who I used to be. You know how bad I was. Man, how'd you stop cussing? You know who I used to be. Hallelujah. 
Oh, but just like Peter, now your speech betrays you. Now you talk different. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. By faith in the name of Jesus, my life has been made new. Shout hallelujah in the house of God. And that's why we don't look down on people when they're not there yet. That's why you can be in this church today and you haven't quite mastered some of the things I'm saying. You know, you still slip or dip or have a moment here or there. But do you know that uh, by his grace you can overcome that? Do you know you can get to a place in life where you genuinely be able to say things I used to do? I don't do no more. But on your way there, do you know God still loves you? You know, he still cares for you. Is that right? Because all of us in here, we know how crippled we was before. (laughs) You know, you can judge something before it's time. And the easiest way to judge something or somebody before it's time is to forget how much time it took you. Some of you in this room need to be real honest. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of, it took a lot of mercy. It took a lot of give him another shot. It took a lot of, oh, I won't kill him this year. It took a lot of one more shot. If you in here, you got more than a second chance. He was out of another chance. Will you please shout about how glad you are? Yeah. So I remain patient with people. Hallelujah. Come on, take your seat. Somebody said to me the other day, said, Pastor, you're so long-suffering. I said, yeah. Yeah, don't mix it up. I preach hard against sin. But you know why I'm long-suffering individually and walking people through? You know, Isaiah 58 says, show my people my sin, their sins. Cry aloud and spirit. No, you got to preach against sin. You must, right? But you get patient with the refining. Paul said in Galatians, he said, till Christ be formed in you. While you're on your way to being formed, you need to be walked through up, up, up. Because the truth is, if you don't stop sinning, we won't have to rebuke you anyway. Life is going to rebuke you. Do you know what I just said? Amen. I don't do a lot of judging and finger pointing because the truth is, in a minute, if you don't stop, you got to deal with psoriasis of the liver. Are y'all listening to me? If you don't stop, you got to deal with some heinous condition or something else that has come upon you because you did not stop doing what God said do. Are you all in here? But we all remember how crippled we was before. But back to this. Why are you looking so intently at us? Y'all, I'm teaching a little slower now because I want you to get the revelation. Why are you looking so intently at us? Amen. Because it's only because by faith in Jesus name that has healed this man. Where y'all? Right before your very eyes. There's some things I prophesied that's going to come to pass this year, y'all. And I'm telling you, you're going to supernaturally, miraculously see it happen right before your eyes. And I'm going to tell you how it's going to occur. It's going to occur because you divorce yourself of your own strength, of your own ability, not by might nor by power, but by my. Is this an impartation or what this morning? By the word of God, spirit of God. Everything I've gotten done in my life that is viable and has any meaning, guess what? Guess how it happened? By it was all spirit. It was by spirit. It was by spirit. It was by spirit. It was not by might. It was not by human ability. Can I use the church model for a second? You know, there's there's no bishop in the world that can stand up and say, oh, Gabe Rogers, we did this for him. And that's why today he has this. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. You know why? Because it was by his. spirit. <laughs> 
I didn't try to become the who's who over here. I did it by faith and I did it by his. Had friends along the way, but did it by his. And many believers today need to get out of human and carnal efforts to get something done and stop turning your back on God and turning to man resources and think that you're going to get God's results. Who are you dating for real? Jeremiah 17 said, curse be the man that puts his trust in man. I'm not going to trust man to get this done. I'm going to get back to relying solely on God and I'm going to stop looking at man to get it done. But watch this. We always say man, man, man as an outward expression. I'm going to stop looking at this man. Is this good this morning? Because it's not this man that's going to get it done. Can I keep proving this point a little bit more? Amen. Through faith in the what? <clears throat> name. Amen. Acts 4 and 7 said, by what power or what name have you done this? The world is going to always want to ask that question. How'd you do it? By what power or by what name? Peter gave them the same answer. He talked about this Jesus who they crucified. He was the one that got it done. Now, let's walk through this and let's understand that if we're not the one getting it done, where we again get trapped up, the boundaries of self can be founded in three primary areas that you can remember this week. Amen. To stay out of these three things are the things that get believers tripped up. If that is the problem, if it's not about you just thinking more highly of yourself and it's more about what John. John the Baptist said, I decrease so that he might increase. Then I think we need to learn how to decrease. Boy, this is a good teaching today. I'm telling you, the moment you learn how to decrease, humility is going to kick in. And when you get in humility, listen now, he gives more grace to the humble. You missed that. I said he gives more grace. The diversity manifold grace comes. And what do you need to humble yourself to? I can't figure out my own life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not one to be in charge of my own life anymore. Every time I drive my own life, I make big mistakes. So, Father, I don't want to drive my own life anymore. Please take the reins of my life. I'm getting in your grace because you give grace. Oh, shout hallelujah. You give grace. Come on, we're the humble people out in the room. You give grace to the... To the humble. <laughs> to the humble. To the humble. To the humble. I said to the humble. So I say to the humble. So I say I'm the humble. I'm the humble. He gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the person that will demean themselves down to the fact that I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, I just don't have it like that. Boy, I love it when people start to, oh, oh my God the success you've had. How many years? Oh, God. Man, as soon as they get through talking, boy, God is amazing, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's amazing. But man, I, I, I read your, your bio. And man, what is it that you don't do? I, I know you got a PhD. I understand you got real estate brokerage business degree. You got, you got, you got, you got. <laughs> you are so smart because you got with your getting self. But the Bible told me God gives the increase. <laughs> Give 
you have all that. You get all of it. Go get it. Go get it. I'm telling you, I've gotten it. Go get it. It's great. Get it. Matriculate. Be real good. Be oh, thou great one, thou smart one. Go get it. Become the who's who in whatever category. But if God don't give the increase, if the power of God don't get on your stuff, if the man, you'll be like crickets in life. You won't get anything done. You won't have any victory. If you're in here and you're okay decreasing so that God might increase, will you give him worship right there? We have too much. We're too smart. We know too much. We're too sharp. We've matriculated through too much. And it was the day when I got the revelation that it was God that does the work that I really, really came into the knowledge of this truth. Go with me to Psalm 33. I'm going to give you those three points. Don't worry, I hadn't forgotten. But if it's about God, amen, really getting it done for us, there are going to be three things that you got to get rid of. Amen. Three things you got to do really, really well. And let's look at Psalm 33 and 16. Amen. Here's a nugget for you right here. And this going to help some of you uh, marvel not, worry not, take your pick. Are you all with me? Amen. Over in Psalm. Amen. Over in Psalm. And there are so many verses on your free time. Read the whole Psalm 33 because there's so much in this for people who need to become God reliant. So much in this. Make this your meditation this week because it will bless you. I just don't have time to read it all, but I'll pick two or three verses for you. Over in Psalm 33 and 16, though, is the key to what I was just saying. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. Did y'all, did y'all hear that? A mighty man. Do y'all know what a mighty man means? A man that has all of the human resources. A man that has every quote unquote necessary thing to win, a mighty man is not delivered by his strength. No king is saved by the multitude of a what? A great army. Unless the Lord guard the city, the watchman. Watchman, is that not scripture? So no man wins just because he has what's necessary to win. Look at this. Is this good, y'all? A horse in vain. Hope for safety. A horse is a, a vain, excuse me, hope for safety. So we can start depending on the tools that we have. The natural tools we have. In their day, it would have been a horse. Amen. A horse is a vain hope for what? Safety. Neither shall it deliver any by it what? It's great strength. But here's where we need to get, y'all. Verse number 20. But our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Did you hear what I just said? So our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. His ability, his strength, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. And guys, I know this seems to be a basic revelation, but it's not. It is the key to your success in life. It is the key to you getting and obtaining any and everything you need. Yes, including healing. You have gotten out of you and you have gotten into him. You've gotten out of your ability and now you are officially in whose ability? God's ability. So what gate are we dealing with today? Y'all remember this from a few weeks ago? The gates we butt up against, the barriers, the things we can't seem to break out of. We are really talking about the gate of you, but not the gate of your low self-esteem, the gate of your high esteem of self. Let not a man think more 
highly of himself. Sometimes we esteem ourselves way too highly. Don't mix that up with honor. You need to honor fivefold. I am not you. I would never be you. No, I'm your pastor. Pastor Rogers thought that message real good. That's right. He just a man just like me. No, I'm not. Amen. The Bible says the fivefold is a gift to the body. And that's where some churches get it wrong. And that's where a lot of people don't get their breakthrough because they think a pastor needs to be on the same level. But my God, if Christian and Stephen and Gabe and Lauren are on the same level as their parents, how in the world are their parents going to groom them into being who they should be in life? You are not on the same level as everybody. You need somebody above you so they can take you to another. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. Somebody shout hallelujah for that. I thought I'd clear that up just in case. Just in case. Because when Peter said, why are you looking at us? He is not saying I'm not an apostle. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. What he is, though, is teaching a human principle to us, an anointed principle to not rather get in human strength. Don't get in human ability ever again. Don't find yourself taxed and frustrated by the vicissitudes of life because you are so self-reliant. Everybody in this room that'll be honest enough to say that the last problem you had in life, amen, that got amplified was amplified because of your own viewpoint of it. Raise your hand right now. Thank you for being honest. I said the problem that got amplified. Some of you handled some stuff real well, but I'm saying the one that got out of hand, how to get out of hand? Your own and won't the devil give you a thousand reasons? Won't he just feed you? Won't he just tell you something ain't right? One of my vehicles had a, a rock hit the window, and I won't say the name of the companies and such that, that fixed it, but uh, this, uh, they had to get a new window on it, and uh, unfortunately, when this one company came and fixed the window, man, I should have left it broke. Uh, because when that young fella got done, Amen. Uh, all kinds of stuff was broke. And uh, uh, liner was broke, cut. Uh, I said, my God, we got your window in, but I do need to show you something. I said, Lord, what happened? <laughs> Plastic cut up, you name it. All kinds of stuff just happened on, on that vehicle. They fixed it, praise God. But uh, the other day I started driving that vehicle for the first time since it really got fixed. And um, I was going down the road and this vehicle happens to have the water to spray your window, it actually comes out of the wipers. Some of you have it where it shoots up off your car. Well, this one, and some of you have this where it comes, anybody got a car like that? Maybe it comes off the, somebody said, I don't know what I have. I didn't even know I had a carburetor, Pastor. Can you just go on with the example? Okay, so this one has water that comes, a transmission, what's that? I okay, they all have them? Okay, yeah, so this one has water that comes off the wipers. Now watch, watch the enemy, watch how this works. So the, the car is finally fixed, I'm driving it, and I'm basically riding around, around by myself, and uh, I pull the little thing, Thing because I see some specks of dirt on the window so that the water could rinse it off. Watch this. Watch this now. And uh, the right one is squirting water. The left one ain't squirting nothing. I said, that doggone whippersnapper done cutting my wire. Good God almighty boy, am I mad. I'm aggravated. Now, all of that is trying to consume me. All of that is trying to get me so focused on a windshield wiper 
Well, I'm going somewhere right now to do the work of ministry and get me all focused and focus. And watch this. Even if he did cut the wire, anything that's been cut can be. So I have a moment. And I'm ruminating. And I'm irritating. Man, what does this mean? Golly, you got to email these people. Boy, I'm going to have to do this. Going to have to do that. All this kind of stuff. Then I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I talked to myself. You get yourself together in the name of Jesus. I bind that. I took authority in that moment over myself. Yeah. This is ludicrous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. You're talking about a windshield wiper. Have you ever rebuked yourself? Yeah. You need to. Yeah. Oh, Gabe, a windshield wiper? Soon as I did that, I stopped, <clears throat> got gas or something, got back in the car, and guess what? The water started working. <laughs> did God teach me something supernatural? I believe the line may have been frozen, but I said, did the Lord teach me something supernatural? What was a supernatural thing? As soon as you got out of you and out of your headspace, I was going to fix it anyway. Would you please stop worrying about every little, oh, I wish I had help, every little thing that ain't quite the way you want it to be. Is that good this morning? Because a king does not win by a mighty army. You're not going to win because of all this stuff you figure out. You're not going to be healed. Y'all, you don't heal cancer. No way. Hallelujah. The power of God dissolves tumors. Are you listening to me? Man, surgeons can cut it out. But what stops it from coming back? The power of God. Bible says you will not be afflicted a second time. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody believe by faith that by his stripes you're already healed. Somebody shout Hallelujah. I told you God wants somebody healed today. I said God wants somebody healed today. Are you all still here? Can we praise God that somebody's receiving their healing right now? Come on. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. It's manifesting right now. Right now. Keep that clip. Remember, we'll have that as a testimony. Now, this is important over in John 14 and 10 because it's not us. Pastor, give us the four points you want, three points you want to give. So the boundaries of, of self are, number one, self-dependence. Self-dependence. Are you all still here? Number two, self-preservation. And then number three, self-indulgence. Those are, <coughs> excuse me, the key boundaries of self. Those are the things that keep you locked out of, I love this, the power and presence of our king. They keep us locked out of the power and the move of God in our life. Number one, relative to today's message, we start relying and depending on ourselves. We really do, y'all. I know this is hard to understand for some people, but amen. When you finally get here, you're, you're going you're gonna to send an offering and say, Pastor Rogers was right. You really do think you're that smart. You really do. And yet there's very little about your life that you've orchestrated up until this point. <laughs> Did that bless you? Isn't that funny? You know how little of our lives we've orchestrated up until this point? That's profound, isn't it? 
I want y'all to think about this just momentary, just for a second, and just think about some of the people that's in the room right now. I want you to see how big God is. And we, I gave you the three points now. You got your points. Don't be mad at me, okay? I'll go back to them uh, time permit. But we're going to go to John 14, 10. I'm really going to roll this out. But some of the people in the room right now, could you imagine some of the people that you are dealing with today that you would know them in this way at this point in the future? Teach us what you're teaching us, Pastor. Okay, so... If First Lady Rogers, amen, is, uh, what are you, dear, 47, is that correct? And uh, Brother Reggie, how old are you? 26, about, about half her age, right? Okay, when First Lady Rogers was 21, Brother Reggie was like one. Is that the right math, Melvin? Something close, maybe five. You got a calculator, pull it out. He's either one or six. My arithmetic getting mixed up. Don't mess with my example. Stay with my example. <laughs> now, they were, it is one, something like that. They were in the same church. She had no earthly idea that some 20 plus years later, she would be the first Lady, watch this, don't move too fast, to the baby she just passed in the vestibule. There's a baby that just scooted by her. That she just said, oh, he's so cute. In the vestibule of the church. Is that profound? I said, is that profound? Is that profound? You just wanted to sing alto in the choir. Isn't that interesting? But there's nothing about this young man over here teaching us parts that says, one day that's going to be my pastor. There are all these details of our life that you didn't put together in a little bit. You were nowhere that smart to put it together. You could not at all. Come on, y'all, because you just chose everything, everything in your life that's going a certain way. You just put it all. It's just that way because you were so much forethought. Right, is this amazing, dear? I said, is this amazing? Did you see him when he was one? Did you see him when he was two? Yeah, I imagine, oh, he's so cute. Isn't that something? Now he's a youth minister in the same church by which you're the first. So who is Stephen going to pastor that's in the... When are we going to review the tape 30 years from now and say, look at our pastor sitting right there and he wearing the same suits. And look at, look at our other pastor. Look, wow. Now he's in Charleston, Virginia. Wow. And their dad, I know he's proud. Oh God, this is good this morning. When I was in college, when I was back in the days of college, Dave, you know, we went to college together. And on an odd night, I would remember some Wednesday nights just sneaking over to the Victory Christian Center. 
And, uh, you know, uh, 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 this this man would get up, you know, after somebody did a sermonic selection. And uh, let me see if I can get my imitation right. And uh, and he would get up and he would say, the skies will unfold. It is that right. <laughs> they just sung, we shall behold him. Yeah, the sky is that right. Hello. And then out of nowhere, somebody, somebody. Shout about somebody. That is right, isn't it? Is that right? That's right, right? Okay, Proverbs chapter 28. Let's go to Proverbs. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that that'd be my pop ghoul. And I sit on that second row and say, oh, wow. What a great preacher. <laughs> then later in life, he said, this is my brother. So what, what, what a part of your life? Is this helpful? What part of your life are you? Is that good? What part of your life are you putting together? How smart are you anyway? So if you're not that smart, won't you get out of your ability as of today? Why don't you come all the way out of self-dependence? Oh, this is the faith point. Get out of self-preservation and get out of the boat and do what God called you to do. Walk out on that water and be who he called you to be. And for God's sake, come out of sin. What part of your life have you put together? Self-preservation, self-dependence, and self-indulgence are all the things that hem people up. There are all the things that mess people up. Something that's small. God is always teaching me something as small as this brown Bible. I'm going to tell you how amazing God is. You know, pastors and preachers, they all have, amen, uh, Bibles galore. I know I have 100 Bibles plus. I'm sure I do. All right. Between all my offices. And I'm telling you, I'm leaving to go to Texas. I don't know the last time I picked this Bible up. It's well highlighted. You know, I enjoy this Bible. But I get down to Texas. I bump into Pastor Rondi. And guess what he has on his desk? The exact same one out of all the Bibles that we could have picked up. He took a picture of it and said, man, that's a SWM. Are y'all seeing that? But why does God do neat little things like that? To just show you how much he is orchestrating. Just even a little, my, oh, come on, class. The small things of your life that you just say you want to see right, he's already made it right when you get in faith and you decree that if God is for me, who can ever be again? He's already worked this out. How am I going to pay for it? He already paid it. How am I going to make it come to pass? He's already done it. Oh, hallelujah. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Get in his ability and out of. Is this good this morning? How many people in here, you did not package your own life? If you didn't package your own life, somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So John 14 and 10, I'm closing. Because we're trying to do the work. I'm done. Are y'all, did y'all get anything out of this? John 14 and 10, Bible says it. It says, do you believe that I'm the Father and the Father in me? I am where? In the Father and what? I am where? In the Father and the what? Father Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. Come up here where I am. I don't speak under. I don't speak under. 
I don't speak under my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the work. Hallelujah. The Father in me, what does he do? He does the work. He does work. So now, if he did the work, all right, I believe the Lord wants you to see this. If he carried it, why am I carrying it? If he did the work of it, why am I working so hard? Now, I do got to put action to the vision. Don't miss that. You'll hear that this week. I do got to put one foot in front of the other and do what the Lord told me to do. But if God is the one that does the work, all I need to do, come on, let me give you that example one more time. Dave, will you help me this time? All I need to do, please hold this jacket up because this jacket is me. And I know it's simple, but God knows you need it. All I need to do, amen, is go ahead and get in his grace. This is me. I need to get in. His grace. This is the grace of God. This is the power of God right here manifested in the earth realm for me. I need to go ahead and let him be in me. Amen. And he is going to do everything in my life to orchestrate where my life should be going, what should be occurring in my life, what my life should look like, who I should date, who I should marry, where I should work, how I'm already healed, how the steps of a good man are ordered, 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 ordered by the Lord. Go here, don't go there, go here. Amen. God is orchestrating my steps. And if God is orchestrating my steps, by golly, I'm going to stop orchestrating my own. I'm going to stop kicking against the pricks. God knows how to get me to Charlotte, North Carolina. God knows how to connect me. Come on, Pam, does he? Does he know how to connect me where I belong? A Bible study in the house. Does he know how to connect me where I belong? Are you all still here? Because it's the Father... That what? That does the work. Speaking of healing, I believe more people died in a little bit because they started doing their own work. Yeah. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but you try to find some clinic somewhere in Hawaii to get healed instead of resting and relying on the fact that God is the healer. Yeah. And God doesn't need to send you to drink a special water to receive your healing. God is resourceful. Power of God can come right into your house. Power of God can come in this church. Power of God is in this church. Power of God is present to heal. All you need to do is get outside of you and believe you receive the work that he's already done. Hallelujah. If he already carried it, then why are you? So I shout glory to God. Look at it in Matthew 8, 17. This is so good. Come on, say it out loud. I'm not carrying my life anymore. So I say it again. I'm not carrying my life anymore. Now, notice I did not say God is in control. I did not say that. Don't leave here saying, Pastor taught God is in control today. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He would that none should perish, yet there are some that perish. He would that you would make the decisions he wants you to make, yet you have free moral agency. He does have a plan for your life, yet you are the one that gets to decide. Furthermore, believers' authority one-on-one, even though by his stripes you were already healed, you still have to stand and decree and believe by faith and speak death to that condition and know that the power of God is there to fulfill your words. You still got to do your pet. Is that right? That it might be fulfilled, that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, I'm closing, saying that he himself took what? Our infirmities, and what did he already do? So I say, no, he already carried it. Say it again, he already carried it. 
Come on, say it with me. If he already carried it, I don't have to. Amen. So the biggest gate and hurdle for a child of God to overcome, and I close with this, is that of trust. That's the biggest hurdle, y'all. The biggest hurdle for the child of God to overcome relative to the ability of God is that of what class? I said, is that of what class? Man, I wish I had time, but Jesus bumped into two blind men in Matthew chapter 9. Don't turn there. And uh, Jesus asked them one question that I want you to leave with today. He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? That was a question of what? Trust. It's not a question of do you have a check? Do you have a credit card? How are you going to pay for this? That's not what he asked them. He said, do you believe? He said, do you believe that? Did he say, do you believe that you're able to do this? No. What did he say, class? He said, do you believe that? Do you know what that question is? That's a question of what? It's a question of trust. It's a question of trust. It's not a question of how smart pastor is. It's a question of trust. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Are you going to stand and believe me that I'm able to do this? If you can trust me, amen, even when you can't trace me, you don't know or see where I am in this. Come on, let's be honest for a second. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for, can't trace me, the evidence of things. Anybody in here not see God in a situation before? At least momentarily? Man, God, this don't look, oh God, it don't look like you're on the scene, but I know you are. I know, that's when you got to start talking faith. I know you are, I know you're in here, oh, I know you see, and I know you're validating me. Any moment, I'm going to see the manifestation. Can't see it, but I trust you. Do you believe? I'm closing. Boy, this is a good one today. Do you believe that I'm, do you believe that I'm, and if you can believe that I'm able, come on, that's scripture. If you can believe that I'm able, somebody say, I can believe that he's able. Somebody say, I can believe that he's able. If you believe that I'm able, here's the next thing that's going to happen in your life. You're going to move into God's ability. Psalm 33 and 6 says, by the word of God, the heavens were made. By the word of God, the heavens were made. Are y'all still here? I sent my word, Psalm 107 and 20, and what did I do? I healed them and delivered them. I sent my word. By the word of God, the heavens were made. And the Bible says in verse number 9, for he spoke and it was. Good God Almighty. I said he spoke. Well, what about your situation? What about you been believing for? What, what about it is just too much for a God that. Word created the whole heavens and the earth. His word ain't powerful enough for your, your, your husband. He just, he, he, his word ran out when it got to you. He ran out of power as soon as he got to you. He ran out of power as soon as he got to your body. He ran out of power as soon as he got to your family. Your family is the exception to the power of God. Not so. Not so. Your unemployment is an exception to the power of God. Not so. Your needs are an exception to the power of God. Not so. No. Why? Because I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in heaven. And last I checked, heaven was loaded with everything you need, baby, and so much more. Not according to your ability, but according to his ability. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. No more I, but it's Christ <laughs> that lives in me. Come on, somebody say no longer I, no longer I. but it's Christ, it's Christ that lives in me. So how are you going to work the next feet in your life? No longer I. No longer I. Meet me tonight. I'm going to talk about the wisdom of God. No longer my smarts. No longer my ability. Come on, somebody say amen. No longer my wit to figure it out. No longer I, but Christ that lives in me. I have had moments with God that are so laughable. And I'm going to tell you why they're laughable, because both he and I were laughing. That's just true. If you don't think God laughs, read your Bible. The Bible says he laughs at the wicked. He does. God laughs. God has a sense of humor. And there are situations in your life that if you come up where God is, he's like cracking up. I mean, it really is. It is not the equivalent, but it's similar to, you know, Joe, ask me for a dollar. <laughs> Man. That's all you're going to ask for. Yeah. <laughs> and that's God all day long. <laughs> now, God was stacked. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. That blessed this side over here. I'm going to preach to y'all a little bit. I said, God was loaded. Ask me for 20. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, now we cook it. Yeah, and see, see now. Yeah, now I'm talking. Now I'm talking. There, I'm gonna give it to him too. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There go Revelation. Why are you asking so small? Ask me big. I'm loaded. I got more, more, more. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That's rich. That's rich. How big is God? And that's how you get in on it, too. You say, oh, no, God's bigger than that. I dare somebody this week to pray a prayer to try to bankrupt God. If you find that prayer, come back and tell me what you pray. And I guarantee it's unbiblical. Because you cannot expunge all his resources. <laughs> There's a pastor, I'm closing. You know, we run <coughs> in faith circles. I won't say his name, but he told us the story about how he asked God for $50,000. said, Lord, will you give me 50000 I have a ministry need. Uh, I'd like to have $50,000. And uh, this is an older pastor. And, um, you know, God came and gave him the $50,000. And then he bumped into one of his friends. Now, his friend was Oral Roberts. Okay. And God just gave Oral Roberts something like a million or four million dollars. And so he went back to God. He said, hey, God. <laughs> so how did he get like four million dollars and I got 50,000? Look at God's answer. That's all you asked for. He asked for four million. You asked for 50. I was big enough to do the four for you, too. 
Furthermore, this is what else he said. He had a four million dollar vision. You have a fifty thousand dollar vision. And that's why in Oral Roberts office, he had a slogan that said, no small thoughts in here. (laughs) No small thoughts in here. Think big. And some of you, your thoughts come to vision conference is so small. God wants to do so much. Are y'all in here? You want to work at the place God wants to give you the place. Amen. Are you all here? Can I tell one or two of my stories? Or are you all ready to watch the playoffs? Playoffs. You want to watch a bunch of men make money that you can't get. That's a whole other story. Stand and get the word so you can get a $10 million contract in your business. Say, say amen. But can I tell you this before we close? So this campus that you're sitting in right now, I love making it real, real to you. And I've told these stories before, but I say like other pastors, I know it's my message and I'm going to tell it again. And I just I remember there. You remember, you know where I'm going with this. I remember years ago when, when First Lady and I was looking for a place to have Bible study. We was in the school down here and we just needed a spot to have Bible study. And this man <clears throat> at the time uh, who was uh, uh, holding this place down, he had posted that he had some spaces for rent. And we came to this church campus because we said, wow, it'd be great if we could have a space over here for our Bible study. Now, look at look at our thinking. He took us to what today is known as the community building, that building up top. You follow me? It's about 4000 square feet in total. And he took us up there and one room in the community building. He showed us to say, you know what? If you guys want to rent this room, you could rent it for X amount of dollars. And we looked at each other like, wow, what an opportunity. This would be great for our Bible study. Amen. This would be amazing. Now, look at God. The steps of a good man are. Then the man looks at me and says, well, while you're here, why don't we go ahead and tour the rest of the campus just so, you know, you can see what God is doing through or for us, whatever the case may be. So he takes us down here to this church and he walks us through this church. Amen. And it was like black and red at the time. They had different decorations. Their pulpit extended way out to here. All kinds of it was nice. But uh, the back looked very different. Amen. And I walked through that and I said, we Man, look at how the Lord has blessed y'all. And I wasn't jealous of the man. I I said, man, I'm so happy for what the Lord is doing for you guys over here. Oh, God, no jealous bone in my body, Steph. I'm just like, man, this is amazing. And uh, I, I say something that I said in joking, amen, yet the angels don't play. Before I get in my car, I'm getting ready to drive off, and I look back at the man. I said, what do you take for the whole campus? <laughs> he gives me a number. He said, hey, you give me X amount of million dollars, you can have the whole thing. I said, <laughs> okay, we'll let you know about that little room. Two or three years later. Y'all ain't going to get this until you get it. <laughs> Two or three years later. 
the little room that you was just hoping to get in so you could have 50 people to come for a Bible study was the room that you and your wife eat in on an average Sunday. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm not just giving you a room, baby. I'm going to give you the whole, I wish I had some help. I said, I'm going to, when I get done, elevate because I'm going to give you the whole thing. Come on, stand to your feet. That's enough. I'm going over time. But if your faith is up and you're tired of thinking so small and you're going to get in God's ability, will you lose some worship in here that says, Lord, I believe. Come on. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Come on, no, with the fruit of your lips. Lord, I believe. I believe. Now today, the whole campus. Plus something. Debt free. I'm bigger than how you're thinking. I have greater ability than your ability. I'm smarter than you, saith the Lord. I go before you. I'm out thinking you every day of your life. What kid is sitting in the room that has no earthly idea that they pass their spouse every Sunday? <laughs> how, 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 how detailed is God? How strategic is God? How strategic is God? Who will Joshua and, and uh, little Reggie be to each other in 30 years? Wonder if he's Paul and he's Silas. <laughs> no earthly idea how the steps of a good man have been. You thought you was just going in a shoe store and God was introducing you to your new uh, 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 brother-in-law. Because he got a brother you're going to marry. Steps of a good man. Or what? Or the Bible Lord. I can go on and on about this stuff. Pastor Rondi's a youth pastor. I'm a music and arts uh, pastor and leader. And man, y'all just think you just get along well. You just think you got a lot in common. No, I'm introducing you to your covenant ministry partner. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Because the steps of a good man. Or what? Ordered by the Lord. Wonder if God knew what he was doing that night in Raleigh on December 31st. I wonder if he was figuring it out as he went. When Gabe bumped into Stephanie. I wonder if God knew what he was doing that day. I wonder if God knew that in their loins, in his loins, was a group of spiritual children that was going to be released into the world. And and a kingdom movement that he was putting together. Wonder if God knew what he was doing. So if I can't figure my own life out, guess what I'm going to stop doing? Trying. Come tonight, I'm going to talk about the wisdom of God. We're going deeper. But I'm going to stop trying. And the minute you start living like that, life is going to get so much sweeter. So much sweeter. You're going to get in favor. You're going to have stuff given to you you didn't ask for. You're going to walk on campuses and think you're there to rent. Amen. I remember going to the back and I saw the pastor's office with the shower and all that. And boy, I said to myself, something like, Lord, grant today. Woo, that would be cool. The welcome station. Are y'all getting this? So where you at now, pastors? Now I'm thinking of warships and stuff. See, I got to get bigger than this. <laughs> Cargo airplanes. You, you follow where I'm coming from? I got to go to another level now. Because he's always challenging. He's always come this week. We'll talk about that. Is that good? But that's going to happen according to his ability. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, come on down. I, I feel.